Welcome to Lore Citizen, a podcast dedicated to all things Star Citizen lore. If you enjoy this, make sure that you like, subscribe, and follow all of our social medias. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back to Lore Citizen. It's not been a month. It's been a week. We're actually recording this a week after the last one. So, uh, we, Miracles I, happen. Yeah. Um, I, f- I figured we would, uh, like, we, we, we talked about the last one, and I figured, hey, we, if we had, we're available the next the next week, we'll just record it. So uh, we tend to record these on Fridays, so um, this will come out hopefully next Tuesday. So if you're listening to this on that Tuesday, that'll be you get double double dose of lore citizen um and yeah well let's let's get started with with uh, introductions uh al who are you what are you in star citizen and where can they find you i am al garrod comp Lee, also known as old man al um or old man al hurston i am a lover of starships so i have many starships if i was buying them today i'd probably be using CCUs and, and getting chips a lot cheaper than I could have normally. But that's that me. I am one of the info runners. Um, we often have Paul on there as well. So, um, And we discuss a whole host of things commonly, uh, do things like fix my fleet. Mm-hmm. Um, Execute and I have been doing a, a, a Friday live stream where we'll either play... Um, Yesterday, well, for us it's Friday, a Thursday live stream for everyone in the states. Mm. Uh, yesterday we looked at the Q and A for the um, expanse and gave what we thought the answers were, <laughs> um, and then just chatted to people. Um, but we also do fix my fleet and other shows as well. So it's actually yeah. a, a really good info runners coming up, which is a conversation with Sandy Gardner, which is going to be an interesting. Uh, uh, yes, there is that. That is a. That was quite uh, quite fun looking at the origins of, of CIG and um, and also talking just you know things like what's her favourite ship, mm-hmm. what's her profession, what does she want to do, who's the best pilot, do they multi crew, mm-hmm. you know the whole whole gamut of, of things to look forward to. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think by the time this episode comes out, it'll have already been going there. So go watch that Edinburgh Runners episode. It's it's. it's, um, it's I think the first one is due to come out the day that this one will come out so yeah oh, it'll really? probably have, okay yeah so i think we're looking at tuesday so okay well i know, oh, I know it's on i know it's on the um next the, week anyway <laughs> yeah next week so watch it just go watch just go subscribe to the infronters and watch that when you get a chance to uh and yeah that's jail. right it, it, it's going to be premiered so yeah jail who are you what do you do in star citizen and where can they find you in jail, mostly known for getting overly invested in alien languages. Um, I can mostly be heard here. I have still got a few projects that I'm quietly working on, but can't make any promises that you're going to see anything soon. Um, and you can find me on Twitter as well. I do have a YouTube channel. Occasionally there might be something up there. But uh, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm doing some making projects at the moment, and um, I'm looking forward to sharing those with people. Awesome. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping we we uh, get to see see your alien languages side come out during uh, Alien Week this week, or I guess yeah, yeah, it's just Alien Week this week. This, uh, this yeah, I, I always so. imagine that Jal's part of the uh, diplomatic corps. You know, he's, uh, <laughs> he's the UAE hey, diplomatic corps. 
as 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 we're going to find out, they turned down Addison's pick for ambassador to the Xi'an Empire, and I am still available. So, and, and, and you probably are the, among the citizens, apart from uh, Britain. You're probably the one of the better Xi'an uh, linguists that we've got from at least my take, anyway. You, you mean one of the so, you know. <laughs> Oh, I've been generous to anyone else who's trying to learn. The problem with learning any any constructed language is that you can only speak it with the uh, the other people who who learn said constructed languages. But uh, uh, no, so it's, you it's were you were written good mates. Yeah, it's a good it's a good set of folks, uh, but it is a small pool of uh, conversationalists. I was going to say that it's uh, I uh, I think we all can agree because we're all lore people, and that small pool is very small as well. <laughs> Mm. Um, yeah, that's, that's like a, a subgroup of the subgroup. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, as we talked about last week, the the topic that we we were going to cover is we talked last week. We talked about the in fiction stories, so stories which were fiction in the Star Citizen universe. Uh, the the serialized uh, fiction is what they call it on the website. And it's just tons of those things, but. Those are not canon, meaning all those stories did not happen in the Star Citizen universe. Uh, they're a great flavor, so you can kind of get the idea of what the Star Citizen universe is like, but they're not lore. What we're talking about today well, are canon. Go ahead. It's it, 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 it Catch-22, because they are lore in a sense that they are in verse. They yes. do exist in verse, but they're the stories that the citizens of the verse would read and enjoy and, and do things. So they're lore, but they're not lore. It's yeah. the fiction that the citizens enjoy and and do, but it gives a flavour of the types of things they like and the types of things that are, are popular. Um, but what we're looking at today, as Paul says, is actually the proper stuff, the actual stuff that's happening. It's not not flavoured with fiction. It's well, depends on your view, but generally it's not flavoured by fiction. Um, it's it's the difference between so, yeah. reading a a play written in ancient Greece and r- reading a, a memoir of someone from ancient Greece. It's the, the kind of the differences yeah. between those two. You can get a lot of a lot of information from both, but there, you have to look at them the, the different perspectives. Um, so yeah. we're talking about the in fiction news and other sort of shows. A lot of these are shown off as transcripts for shows um, or for. Uh, broadcasts some of them are archives like uh releasing of messages or journals from uh the like the advocacy or some explorers so they they run the gambit a little bit but most of them are just these are transcripts from a show that was broadcast on spectrum uh so with that in mind jail why don't you start us off with uh what is it? It's Congress Now, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to talk about Congress Now, but I think to really explain why I love Congress Now so much, I do have to think about a little bit more about that question of what does okay. it mean to be in fiction, non-fiction, right? Because mm-hmm. um, my pick is going to stand at the completely the polar opposite end of the spectrum to in-law fiction. Because when we were covering stories like I was covering the Void Rats last time, um, Although we we know that there's certain things which are going to gel with non-fictional things, like the idea, oh, it's in the Cathcart system. That's a real place in the game. But then there's other details, like if they mention a UES Africanus, which is the ship that was involved, did that really exist? Are they using the name of a real ship, or is that just made up for the story? You can't actually tell just from that bit of information 
um, all those details. Now, while a lot of the non-fictional works are less susceptible to this, it's still a kind of present thing because a non-fictional work might still be a single author's opinion. Uh, they might misunderstand something. They might be trying to give a biased view. And they'll often have a singular perspective or editorial perspective, at least, which won't always be challenged. So you only get one side of the story. When you, for example, look at something like the Tavaran Wars, you'll always usually get the humanist perspective and not, and also the propaganda lens that all of that's being represented through. Now, that's why my pick for non best nonfiction is Congress Now, which is the in-law equivalent of C-SPAN or BBC Parliament or whatever you have to just look inside your um, government proceedings. It's just fly-on-the-wall transcriptional coverage of proceedings of the UE Senate and its associated committees. That might not sound inherently interesting, but as a framing device, it's fantastic because you'll always be hearing directly the course of events with dissenting voices from other senators who are present. Al, did you want to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, and that's why the law team often say this is dry and boring as hell. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, it it could be as dull as dishwater if they want to just yep. talk about things like interplanetary wheat taxation. But of course, it's still supposed to be exciting writing. So Congress now is often used to set up these as a platform to set up these big consequential things and tie into other ongoing plot lines. So things like the ongoing uh, Charon Three Civil War is both a very interesting area of law that's fleshed out in Congress now, but it's also giving you that framing device that the gameplay designers might pick up to give us large human-on-human -human land battles in the future. Yeah, and I was going to say, um, there's a couple of big lore, like... The Congress now is very important because it has such huge ramifications for the verse. Anything that comes in, in Congress now is a fundamental shift in in human society. And it, you're looking at the absolute nitty gritty. Uh, my favorite is like, I think the Congress now, there's a Congress now where Aramis became part of the UEE. Because I think that yes. like, yeah, so like yeah. It's, that's that's a huge deal because that has that had implications that would that rippled through the entire UEE to even through Squadron Forty Two and today. So, yeah, and some of my favorite plot lines are um, there's a real ongoing thread that started back in 2014, but has been kind of peppered continuously, which is the Empire's evolving relationship with the Xi'an, which we see in other law, but we really see in these sort of stepwise um, landmark decisions in Congress now, uh, mm. the most recent being the uh, vote to reject the new Imperator Addison's pick for ambassador. And there's also a lot of stuff about the place of the Tavarin in, in the Empire, which is discussed, and is also, again, used to sort of tease potential gameplay ideas of, um, or gameplay storylines of like a resurgent Tavarin remnant that might be out there. So if, if you enjoy law for its own sake as well, it's a, naturally just going to be a linchpin of that whole political law and its memorable characters. So um, the imperatorial candidate Myron No was a pretty regular character who shows up in Congress now. And the Tavarin senator, the only Tavarin senator, the only alien senator, Suj Kossi, has made a good number of opinion, uh, appearances. So um, they do make other appearances, uh, particularly in like standalone coverage of political debates or election campaigns outside of Congress. But I think you get a very sense, different sense of people when they're on the campaign trail versus when they're actually in the business of governance and and the uh, the sort of mask is down a bit. The other thing that um, I remember that 
Congress now does is kind of that lead-in, is it also prefaces the introduction of new laws. So Congress now is a group that's actually debating the laws and making the decisions on the laws. So you're often seeing that that tease of, a, of the way that not only the UE is changing, but also the way the laws are changing and the taxes are changing and you know, questions of should Archangel, should Archangel Project or Synthworld be continued? Should we have a Tavaran senator? Um, all of those issues do get do get raised at a law level, and that kind of gets covered in in Congress now, which is um, always an interesting, although albeit sometimes dry reading. I don't think it's dry at all, really, because well, I mean, but, yeah, you know what I mean, right? That, that, yeah. that. <laughs> It's political. I mean, like it, factual. It is political. It yeah. is political, but it's a. It's um. I think it's it's quite rambunctious, really. It's uh. It's usually kind of, you know, the best bits. We, when they have more boring things like trade negotiations, those are usually reported through like other things, like uh, the news program Kaizen, uh, rather than showing the actual debates through Congress now. But in conclusion, if you want to get a top-down sense of how the world of Star Citizen is structured and run. There's not really a better place to start than Congress now. And mm. some particular entries that I'd recommend are the mediation hearing of Charon 3 and the subsequent emergency session, two articles back to back about the Charon 3 war, uh, the Cossie Amendment, which really delves into some of the characteristics of the political parties and the position of Tavaran in the verse. And the whole Xi'an um, section is great, but there was uh, the Toral aggregate testimony has elements of actual Xi'an language that I translated on live stream, and uh, you can find that on my channel. And yeah, I think it's just a great place to start if you want to get that kind of into that level of uh, what's going on. I also would would heavily recommend the the uh, the the Crusader. I don't remember the name of it. I think it's Crusader Industries discussion because it is there's a uh there is a congress now where they're talking with the CEO Jan Dredge of Crusader Industries about crime in the Stanton system because that's the other thing that's been fall th a pull through of most of congress now is crime is on the rise in the Stanton system and that worries the um the the congress because or the senate because this is exactly what happened with um Nexus where like a company was given an entire system they kept saying hey are you taking care of the the crime situation they're like yeah 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 and then they kind of they they finished what they were doing with the system they left and left all of this criminal elements who had been slowly building to the system to the point where nexus became this huge headache for the military uh, the military and the law enforcement uh, it required an invasion uh, it's the whole basis of like the theaters of war uh map we've we know and as a result like Senate, the Senate is looking at Stanton and seeing the rise in crime rates because players are there, because <laughs> um, it's the only system we have, and they're like they're wringing their hands because they're like this is Nexus all over again, but you know it's worse because they're not actually paying attention. And there is a a great uh -huh. section in that which references Jumptown. It is the lore piece that canonized Jumptown as an event in lore, which is pretty cool. It's it's the uh, you know. And I'll point out that, you know, everyone, all the players always bag out how bad Hurston are and how evil they are and how they push the workers down and, and keep them downtrodden. And yet, where is law and order best manifest and held in the Stanton system? On Crusader. Where is it worst? On those lovely, touchy-feely uh, areas like, you know, um, Crusader with, you know, they can't even keep Correa, they can't even keep uh, Grim Hex, you know, so... Um, that's where the problems are, and yet everyone hates uh, 
all the players hate Hurston. You know, thank but I, I just got to tell you, Paulie. You know, we, we just got to stop that. Thank, thank you, old Ben Hurston. Thank you for your your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope I've sold uh, some people on it though, because uh, I I think it's it's the hardest concept to sell before you've read it. You know, like mm. why would you want to read transcripts of political proceedings? But um, I th I think some of the you know, some really excellent writing shines through in it as well. So it's it's um, really worthwhile place to dip your toes. There's, I th I remember reading one passage where like there was about to be a fight <laughs> in Congress. I forgot who it was between. I think it was between Mirna Go and somebody else because it was definitely a centrist and a transitionalist because uh, like they were they basically were like insulting the transitionalist as being like soft on crime or soft on aliens. And and uh, the, the centralist, the transitionalist responded with being like, "Yeah, well, I'm not a racist." And the uh, the centralist like, "Let's go, let's go right now in this courtroom right here." And it like and like the the chairman's like, "All right, we're gonna calm this down and kind of do this because <laughs> it was like, excuse yeah, that, me, that was the excuse for the racist, <laughs> think, wasn't it?" <laughs> yeah, I think the line was, um, "We'll reconvene when the Senate can." Uh, find its decorum once more, or something like that. Yeah. It was very kind of Speaker of the House, yeah, uh, politess. It was no, yeah, it, that's um, yeah, that's the one. I think it's called like Amendment Twenty Seven, mm -hmm. um, which is a sort of tongue-in-cheek reference, I think, to some other amendments in the real world, which are um, kind of exclusionary and stuff, mm -hmm. and uh, euphemistically like call them mm -hmm. the, um, yeah, it's. Uh, actually, actually, no. The the fight isn't at the end of of the Amendment Twenty Seven one, but yeah, that's the one where they get really into like uh, xenophobia and stuff. Yeah, that was the one where they 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 were basically trying to ban Sujkozy from being able to be to to, to take his seat as uh, senator because they're like, yeah, we can't let let non humans into the Senate, and basically the law kind of says. Yeah, well, well, the 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 universalists and the and the transitionists together were just basically like, nah, shut up, centralists. You know, uh, I yeah, so they good. They were like, oh, we're not trying to ban just that guy. We're trying to ban all aliens. It's not personal. It's like, there's only one alien here. You know? <laughs> He's literally the only <laughs> one we've ever yeah, had. <laughs> but that's a thin edge of the wedge. We let one in, and then we'll all come in. You know, so it was that, it was that, it was that type uh, of you know. But yeah, I think they were also arguing that it was part of a law that you know only humans could be on the Senate and like that, like duh, but only they had humans on the Senate. So of course that's kind yeah. of the, <laughs> yeah. so it was that whole, we've got to change the standing orders so that we can be inclusive. And, and yeah. that was always the thing. And you kind of see a, a kind of back play of that tied in with, uh, Leanne Addison's, um, choice for, for Senator. I think mm. there are other issues or, uh, with her choice uh, of Senator for Zian you mean the ambassador. ambassador. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, it ties in with that, oh, we can't have a Xeon as a Xeon ambassador because, you know, I think there are major issues of that. But it was kind of that whole, that same whole thing of... Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, thinking like, about the, the Xeon ambassador one, I think that, I mean, the, the Amendment 27 one was almost just cartoonish xenophobic. Like, we hate the yeah. alien because he's an alien. And I think that the, um, the, the Xeon ambassador one was a lot more nuanced because, of course... There are good reasons not to have an ambassador who's born in the country that is they're supposed to be ambassadorial for, yep. and so it was a little bit of a more of a nuanced thing because you know I'm I'm one of the most most you know alien loving people out there 
not sure that's the right person for the job in that regard. So anyway, yeah, that's, I, that's probably enough about Congress now. Yeah. But uh, hope, hopefully our discussion has, has proven that you should probably read Congress now if you haven't already do so. I'm going to take the next reins because I chose, I'm the one who chose the, the choice out of the UEE. And let me, let me pitch to you. So I'm going to pick up the, uh, the, the big one. Um, his name is Jester. Jester is a pirate. He runs a pirate radio station. And I mean, literal pirate radio station, a pirate who runs a radio station, uh, called booty call and booty call uh, is it's I think it's B zero or capital O little O capital T little Y capital C capital A capital L L. Um, it's it's this weird spelling, but the reason why I think you should read Booty Call is because it's the only perspective that we have completely without of the UEE. Everything in this this is from a person who does not live in the UEE, who hates the UEE. And they give you a perspective on the universe that is unique to that perspective, which we don't really see in much of the lore. And what we see from Jester's discussions are history of the of piracy, how piracy has existed in the verse, um, how pirates are uh, much more likely to keep their heads down rather than going loud, the amount of um, animosity between pirate gangs and pirate uh, pirate groups. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of stuff. And uh, the, the, the unique thing about, about booty call is that the writers tend to use booty call as a means to explain game, um, uh, functionality. So when they were talking about, for instance, that if you're more active as a pirate, if you kill people, if you're attacking with like, with undue ruthless force, then you will get a much higher response from the quanta system, the quantum system, the quanta would start to hire more security. And there's a section in, there's a booty call section where he's basically like, if I find the guy who's been attacking my, my trade routes, I'm going to lynch him because he talks, Jester talks about how he was trying to hit these, these, uh, these convoys, but he'd always let them live. He'd, he'd, he'd be, he'd be as, as quick as possible with it. But now some, some ruthless psychopath had been attacking these convoys and killing all these things. So now he, he had a fight. I think he had a fight across like a four, a flight of four super hornets were escorting. And it was him and like a cutlass and like one or two other wingmen. He was like, I, this was, this it was, I almost died. So it's like, if I find you, I'm going to skin you alive, kid, whoever you are. Um, we also learn about things like the, um, the invasion of the Nexus system a little bit more. We learn a little bit about the Nova Riders and so the history of piracy, the Nova Riders being the first pirates ever, uh, or the fabled, the first pirates to hit transports in route because most pirates would wait for them to land at a station and then attack them. Uh, so there's a lot of like information you can gather from Jester about the side of the, the side of the game that is not UEE focused which shows that the game, at least the game, the game's lore is supposed to be ruthless, bloody, but not too dissimilar from what we have, you know, in civilized space. Just, you get more with a with kind word and a gun than just a kind word. Uh, and it gives you a little good perspective on that, especially with the the introduction of new mechanics uh, and how they're how things are supposed to play out in the game through some of these, so... 
Yeah, it's a booty call. Yeah, I, one of the things I do like about booty call is that that element that you were picking up where he, where he says, look, you, you you don't want to bring attention to yourself. You bring too much attention to us, and not only me, but all the other parties. We're going we're gonna to be after you because you're making our, our life hard. You've got it. He talks about that balance, you know. Yeah, it's nice to get that quick payoff, but if you're doing it at the at, at the the um, expense of the brethren, you're, you're gonna you're not gonna be you're gonna find you don't have anywhere to sell it, or you know, because we'll close our ports to you as well because you just bring in too much heat. So we don't want you coming to our our safe havens if if you've got the fleet after you because <laughs> we don't want, we don't want to be be uh, hauled up. Either so that it really does pick up that that element of how how as a pirate player you, you've got to be you've got to have that balance and um, it, it did kind of look at, at being a, a, a almost dealing with the uh, the, the the claims of griefing that players were doing on in, in the yeah. verse of, of shutting down stations of pad ramming and and all those other things that were happening in the verse and that was kind of this inverse. Uh, comment from a from a pirate going, "What the bleep yeah. are you guys doing?" You know. Um, so yeah, quite like um, that aspect of, of booty call. I, I, for, I forgot what was the other one. Uh, I would say the other thing that's important to to learn from um, this is that outlaws or like like pirates aren't really yarhar. You know, just going out and raiding things, sort of thing in the Star Citizen universe. Booty call really kind of ex- explains that pirates are less are kind of like counterculture. They're part pirates, yes, because they need to live, but they're much more rebels. And many of them are literally, or their origins are literally from rebel groups that failed to overthrow the various incarnations of the human government that have then been pushed off into empty spaces. And a lot of them are Tavarin, um, because they were forced out of their home world and they had to live to survive. So... You get to see, you know, not just piracy, but the outlaw lifestyle, what it's like to live outside and how, yeah, they fight each other, but they hate the UEE more than they hate each other because of what they did to them. So, Yeah, I think it, and I think you're right that one of the most valuable things about Bootical is that it's the non-UEE perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would love to see more non-UEE perspectives like... Um, for example, there's there's still supposed to be this sort of contingent of expatriates in um, on a Xi'an planet uh, in a city called Carilla, that um, which were like the the academics who fled the messes and so forth. I'd really love if we hear from them in the same way we hear from um, for, like from the pirates in Booty Call because there there are you know decent human populations, sorry, decently sized as well as. Mm. Decent, upstanding Decent. people. Yeah, <laughs> um, and you know, there's the there's the miners in Oberon as well, who are just sort of good good working folks who went out there thinking the empire was going to come and take over their area and never did. So they just found themselves on the outside of the empire. And I, I, I'd love to hear some more of those perspectives and those stories. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I like. I also like hearing the um, the, the I like the new the story from. Um, Home sweet home, which was a Tavaran who'd left, left and went to Branner and then came back. And even though that was a a Tavaran within the UEU, it was a totally different perspective. It was a Tavaran's viewpoint of what was happening in the UEU and and how they were um, hard done by, I suppose, or ignored or, or experienced racism 
within the UAE, and yet when he went to Brana, he, even though he felt that freedom and acceptance, he also felt this isn't right. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of had this, you saw the divide within the Tavaran um, peoples as well, the, the, in, in that and and how they how they struggle with being inside or outside. Um, so anything that's not just being towing the government line is always something I like. Yeah, I, I was going to say that I think that's the reason why I think booty call is so important. A, if you're a pirate in the game or you want to live in that outlaw lifestyle, this will give you the perspective on who you're dealing with on a regular basis. But also, if you, even if you don't want to live in the outlaw lifestyle, you get to see what life is like for these uh, these these people. Um the kind of anti-establishment anarchist uh, more rebel with a cause or sometimes rebel without a cause um the the interplay the 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 outside perspective which we very rarely see in in lore and i think that's one of the the more interesting things to take in, to take into account is that everything you see in the lore is almost 100% from the ue perspective often from big corporations or uh the government so you're rarely seeing the perspective of the common person or the person who's on the outside of that society. Um, so, yeah, that's what we call. Al, you have our last last discussion, which is a unique one. It's I do, and, and and the last one we're looking at is Empire Report. Now, Empire Report isn't a government um, organized uh, outlet, nor is it um, a non UAE outlet. It is the standard, boring, everyday nightly news um empire report is a daily spectrum news program produced by and broadcast uh ssn on catv it's a companion to their uh nightly news show as well so it's kind of like um the 7 30 report or the um one of those investigative type reports where they kind of look at two or three issues and, and discuss them it's um has a regular daily time slot and with its sister program they they don't just do the same stories they they split uh the stories so they're not covering the same same event its current hosts are uh beck Wisman, alan nuvo and we have a sports reporter colt lebrand who talks about the satterball and other things what makes uh empire report report paul Oh no! I was I was gonna say. Uh, I, I'm sure. I'll, I'll, go ahead. I'll, I'll chip in later. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so, what makes Empire Report unique within the Star Citizen law is the fact that not only do we have transcripts or extracts of um, the show in in transcript form, which appear periodically within the spectrum, but buried in the around the verse episodes, we actually have the ad breaks for. Um, Empire Report, telling us what was coming in the that show that night. Um, and these reports covered everything. They covered, um, we have political reports talking about um, the Tavaran senator, whose name I always forget, because I sodge whatever his last name is, because I can't remember it. Yeah, him. <laughs> um, but it also talks about health issues. So we have issues where they talk about an outbreak of... Um, um, lynch fever on golf we have uh reports of uh, a senator who is trying to bring in legislation to limit the number of children you could have so you know that could answer the question where are all the children in the verse <laughs> um it deals with uh fashion so what's what's the latest fashion and what's the latest fashion show um 
also what systems are the happiest so they do the, the cultural you know the societal thing so oh a happiness meter which systems have got the most the happiest citizens and which are the the, the, the most oppressed systems in terms of economics or, or other things um and they also cover uh not only do they cover sport and um and the Saturday ball and where to get your tickets and all, all that but they also covered uh aspects of the charon civil war so um i think it was episode 31 of around the verse the first episode i could find and i think that dealt with the the charon war and there's about two or three other episodes that you find in the video um aspects where they talk about um the advent of a war the problems in the war um and so that gave us a face one of the things i like about the video aspect is it gave us a face to those characters as well not just the text so that's why i also like uh the empire report yeah i mean it was one of the earlier ones because it's back when the round of verse was around but it was mm. it was nice to see a news report because I've heard lots of rumblings recently from the community that a lot of people are hoping in the future that we get some sort of broadcast in game, something you can turn on your ship and turn on and watch like a news report or listen to interviews and stuff like that to bring the lore into the game more than just text on a website, but, you know, hearing it, digesting this through the in-game comms Um, and, you know, the Empire Report is a good example of, of seeing like a version of that in its early forms live action so yeah broadcast by the way nightly 2200 set set standard earth time standard earth time that's what set stands for <laughs> i i wasn't sure i was wondering it's standard empire time standard earth time but standard yeah earth time, it, it's um it's new york city time mm-hmm. much to the annoyance of the tavarans i'm sure oh, not tavarans yeah. the terrans oh yeah Terrans have a completely different dating system and um, and time system. They use their own sim- similar things. I remember there was lots of arguments about that. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, one of Myron Noe's suggestions that planets should be able to shouldn't be legally bound to use standard Earth time, which they currently are. They they can have local times. All all proper business has to be done in standard Earth time, and it's kind of implied, seeing as. Um, Seeing as they they publish things, um, you know, based on the current date plus nine hundred fifty years, that we still have daylight daylight savings time. So you can imagine how annoying it'd be to set your clock back an hour because you're matching the time of you know some weird tradition from a city on the other side of the galaxy to. It could also be problematic because it could mean that your your government operating hours are from two a.m. to four a.m. local time, so you're in the middle of the night and you have to meet with everybody. <laughs> oh, can you imagine that having to meet at midnight every time? God, it'd be so <laughs> annoying. Jail has no experience well, with that. With, with a, you know, and I'm sure I'm sure I it's a uh, I'm sure I'm sure. Al can have no has no experience with waking up at four o'clock in the morning to do recordings or anything like that. So, oh no, sure. yeah, I think I think we all got got. Uh, it's the least bad option, isn't it? Yeah. I I'll I'll just finish off by saying like I I think if you listen to any of these, if you go through any of these, you'll get a better perspective on, on the verse. And these are all good starting points. Um, It's important to remember that if you're looking for these yourself, go under spectrum dispatch under the comm link. 
Um, if you just hit Spectrum Dispatch, Dispatch Comlink and then hit like search, it'll bring up all of these. Some of these are, some of those are not lore pieces, but you can definitely tell the difference between the lore pieces and like the patch report, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, the hardest thing with with Empire Report is we we do have a pile of them that are in the spectrum mm-hmm. as text documents, but there's a pile that are buried in um, around the verse. Now, episode forty nine of Around the Verse was the first one where I found that actually we're putting them in in the uh, list of what was there. Um, but the earliest episode I found was episode 31 of Around the Verse. And you go to the beginning of the episode and it plays, and it's just like an ad break before the show starts. And so, um, but there's like 140-odd or some godly number of, of Empire Report of um, Around the Verse. So buried in there are probably a dozen or so, and you've just got to dig them up if you want to want to watch them. So that's the biggest frustration there, but uh, they're, well, they're little gems worth worth digging up. I think uh, that's I think is it for, for, for us. Hopefully y'all enjoyed that. Uh, we'll, I don't know when we'll be back. We'll, we'll discuss that off, off the recording. Um, but it's probably going to be a little later than another week. Um, uh, we'll definitely do like probably some special around uh, uh, Invictus and Alien Week. So we can talk a little bit more about the various specials especially since a lot of the star citizen events uh in are also in-game lore events so it's always important to do that uh, as always make sure if you are watching this on youtube like subscribe if you're listening to this on the podcast you know give us a thumbs up um uh, and make sure you're following jail and al on their social medias uh and uh yeah like i say every time hope to see you someday in the black remember Exostoria at astro